that jaunty little EDM number is brought to you by Hotline Monday. I'm Scott Johnson. That's uh, Justin Robert Young. Hello, Justin. Ooh, going on. <laughs> Look at you with your uh, glow sticks and your. Um, I don't oh, know. dude, I'm ready. Uh, you know, uh, we had we had our first presidential candidate in history this week or, or the last week uh, that admitted that his favorite type of music is EDM. Whoa, who did that? I missed it. That was that was uh, the the Marco Rubio. Oh, the Rubio. Well, he's you know. He's slightly younger than me. Um, by the way, can I just share with you a little bit of uh, old man consternation I have about that? Uh, about about somebody who's running for president being old or younger than you? Yeah, because this will be the first year. Let me do this to make myself feel better. This will yeah. be the first year that somebody younger than me, Tom, uh, Brian Ibbett, just to name a few. Yeah. Num- younger than all of us, not just me. Uh, yeah. would be running for president and could potentially win the presidency. Now, if Hillary or, or uh, Bernie Sanders wins, it's no problem. They're both ancient. Yeah. Uh, if uh, you, if Donald Trump. Trump wins, no problem. It's in, well, I don't want to say no problem, but he's ancient. Who cares? Yeah. But if Rubio or Cruz win, they're both uh, just both, both slightly yeah. younger than us. Slightly. Not much. In fact, Cruz I may be wrong on, but I think I'm right. Uh, should I? That shouldn't bug me, should it? Because that feels like a transition. That feels like my whole life, every president, my entire life, including Obama, they've all been older than me. Every single one of them. Now I'm finally to that stage where somebody's going to age me out, or I'm going to age them out. And I don't like it. No, it just uh, that that means that you're officially at a point where everybody needs to listen to you, right? Like you know, you're you have uh, apparently the nation has decided if one of those two gets elected that this is the line for which. <laughs> A, a wizened point of view can develop. <laughs> so, boom, you got it. And you're like, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a year older than this dude. Yeah. Like, now's, now's when y'all need to be paying attention to Scott's point of view. Yeah. At some point, you're going to tell me it's a good thing I can get a deal at Denny's if I go early enough. Hey, like listen, that. there's a lot of benefits. You can avoid the traffic, you know? <laughs> it's a lot quieter, and uh, the kids aren't running around playing their Game Boys. Right, it is a little bit better that way. I also don't have uh, I have I've really cheap uh, car insurance. That that's a good thing. The older you get, you better in car insurance, and then it starts going down again. I think or up again as you get really old. But well, because then it, you're a liability to yourself and everybody <laughs> around you. And at that point, you should just be wrapped in bubble wrap and uh, put in the attic. Well, good. Uh, welcome to Hotline Miami, everybody. It's not really what it's called. It's called Hotline Mondays. And uh, it's our second episode, and really technically it's the first because the last one was beta. And I'm sticking to that naming convention because we don't care. Uh, we'll yeah, just call it uh, episode one. And it's the 22nd of February, 2016. we got stuff to talk about. We have phone calls to take. A reminder at the top of the show, if you want that to happen in your lifetime, or that is to say right now, call us 801-895-4724. 801-895-4724. And Justin, we have good news for the listeners at home, don't we, about where they can now get the show where they couldn't get it yesterday. Absolutely. Mm. We are now on the iTunes. We are now an RSS feed. So you can find this podcast in podcast in this broadcast in podcast form. <laughs> That's the way you should say it. Uh, you. Uh, yeah. So listen, if you uh, aren't watching live, obviously, this is uh, always going to be a show because of the call in element that will benefit from you watching live. If you want to call in, you could probably probably going to need to watch live to do it mm-hmm. uh, but you can listen to yourself on the podcast a little bit later you can have a great time i it's agree be a fun fun time for everyone i agree we even have a caller on right now who's this hey this is justin from fort worth usually you're stuck in the pod pool you have uh you sounds like you have a big ball of mashed potatoes on your on your yeah microphone. wait a minute hold on did he say justin from fort worth yeah he did you know yeah. i yeah, I was I my my name is Justin first and foremost, <laughs> and secondly, I was born in Fort Worth, Texas. What? Oh. that's crazy talk. I thought you were born in uh, Fort Lauderdale, but I don't know where that is. Is that near there? You're mixing up your that's forts. Okay, I got all my forts mixed up. No, yeah, no, Fort Worth, Texas is where I was where I was born, and I later moved all over. But uh, but yeah, no. So welcome to the program, the second Justin from Fort Worth. Yes, Justin, what's on your mind? Oh, not much. Uh, actually, what's on my mind is I've got a test tomorrow for an apprenticeship program. I work for the railroads. So oh, no way, dude. For me. That's super cool. Now, when you say you work for the railroad, in what capacity? Like engineer, up front, driving the thing? Or what's, what, what do you do? 
No, right now, uh, right now I work in supply. I'm kind of just a general dock hand. Uh, I deliver the parts to the machinist. Yeah. For a long time, I was trying to get over as an electrician because that's what all my training's been in. But we're just pretty overstaffed here in Fort Worth for that. So a real so man is what you're saying. He's a real man, Justin. He's not like us, soft yeah. and white. You have you've blown me out of the water. As as far as Fort Worth Justins go, you've already just <laughs> outmanned me on my own show. Uh, uh, well, what what is on your mind here? Uh, not much. I was mostly just calling in to support the show. This is the second or the third recording. Second. The second one. Second recording. And that makes you officially the second person to be the first person on the episode that they're on. Well done. Gotcha. Congratulations. Take it easy. Go help move some machinist parts. We got one more on the line. Who's this? It's Jake. Jake. What's going on, Jake? Hey, how you doing? I don't even know what you guys are talking about because I spent five minutes just making a phone call. That's true. I think you were, I saw your number earlier and you were one of the early uh, ringers. I'll tell you what, I got, we got uh, a topic here that maybe you want to weigh in on. Justin, tell me about whitewashing movies. What does that even mean in today's context? Well, there uh, was a, uh, 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 Jake, actually, how about, how, how about you call back once, once we, uh, once we set up the topic That here. sound is weird. Yeah, if they, if they wasn't making that sound, we just keep them on. We'll take them back later. Anyway, go ahead. Explain whitewashing in movies, and we're not talking about like here's a brown wall. I'm gonna paint it white, right? Uh, the 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 John Oliver, um, went out and uh, uh, did a, a segment yesterday that uh, apparently has touched off uh, some long held feelings about the idea that Hollywood whitewashes its movie roles. All right, meaning if you are doing a story about a Arab or uh, Asian person, you tend to cast white actors if you are a major studio production over the past hundred years. Mm. Uh, specifically, Rooney Mara today uh, gave an interview about her role in the uh, fairly universally critically panned movie Pan, uh, <laughs> where she played Tiger Lily, and had this to say, it's a tricky thing to deal with. There were two different periods right after I was initially cast and the reaction to that. And then the reaction when the film came out. I really hate, hate, hate that I'm on the side of whitewashing. I really do. I don't ever want to be on that side of it again. I can understand why people were upset and frustrated. Do I think all four main people in the film should have been white with blonde hair and blue eyes? No, there should have been some diversity somewhere. But I think in terms of the geek argument yeah this is something that that very often comes up when it comes to race and gender swapping in in comic book or anime movie roles specifically mm. with uh the last airbender film or uh you know when uh movie roles are switched from or sorry are, are switched from uh, white to black like johnny storm was in the most recent fantastic four so what i wanted to do was just Put it out there to all the hotline Monday listeners and and see what they thought. When is it? Is it ever good? Uh, is are there good examples of of when uh, uh, this has been something that you've enjoyed? You made you enjoy the movie more. But Scott, what is uh what what are your thoughts on on uh, race and casting? Okay, I got a very specific uh, quandary. Question uh, conundrum this is the word I was looking for. One of those words. And it's this. Uh, I didn't have a problem when Samuel L. Jackson became Nick Fury. For whatever reason, that seemed cool to me. That seemed great to me. But if you told me tomorrow that Black Panther was going to be played by a white guy, which he's not, that's not the plan. But if he was, yeah, I think I'd be really irritated. So yeah. I don't know what that says about me or the process or the system or whatever. But that's that kind of scenario would drive me crazy. We got a caller on the line. Let's see what he thinks. Hi, you're on the air. He or she? Hey, Scott. Oh, what is it? She? Is it he? <laughs> Hi, who's this? What's your name? Uh, it's Gabriel from San Francisco. Oh, sweet dude, little West Coast represent. Hey, what's up, Gabe? Yeah. What's up, Justin? How are you, man? Or both of uh, you, rather. What do you say? I missed that part. What'd you say? Say Justin, it again. How are you? Oh, we're good. We're great. Sorry, the Skype thing went a little weird. We are doing great. I can't. I can't speak for Justin, who just got over the worst flu of his life. But yeah, I'm yeah, fine. Okay. I'm great. Yeah, I saw that on the Twitter feed last night. I kind of. Well, they had that photo, that sad 
sad uh, Sarah McLaughlin moment where he was in, <laughs> in the hospital with a mask on and all that. That was uh, some scary you business. Know, I'll tell you what, I, I appreciate everybody uh, being so nice on on Twitter, but it was uh, it was it was a real quick in and out. So it was it was barely even worth posting a photo about. Uh, Gabe, what do you think? Uh, about what? I felt like I'm gonna break. I just felt like the Twitter numbers up. Or... No, no, we're talking. So, so what do you think about the idea? And, and we'll use my scenario. When they made Samuel L. Jackson Nick Fury, they said, "All, All right. right, we're gonna take this old white guy and we're gonna replace him with a black dude." And what if they turned around and did the same thing to Black Panther and said, "Well, he's just gonna be a white guy in the Black Panther suit." Like, what is it about those changes that upsets people? In my case, Nick Fury didn't bug me. The other one would. And I don't know why I'm that way on it, why I'm split that direction. But what do you think when that happens? If Spider-Man comes out and he's an Asian kid, is that going to bug you? And if so, is there a justified reason why we don't like race swapping in our in our fiction? Um, well, I'm not sure. I mean, I think Black Panther is most uh, part of his mythos. I mean, he's from an African fake nation, uh, whatever it's called. But, I mean... I'm of Hispanic descent, and if I get to see like a more Hispanic characters like Miles Morales, who's the uh, ultimate Spider-Man, or whatever he is now, he's part of the Marvel universe. I think that's pretty cool. Like you get to see a. I mean, I feel like that also. Yeah, I would. I, I would take Miles Morales in a heartbeat. I would have no problem yeah. with that. But again, see, they, but that's, that's not that's, them saying that's Peter Parker. It's not like hey, here's Peter Parker, or now as you'll know him, Pedro Parkour. Like you can't, you can't get away with that, right, Justin? I mean, or well, can I mean, they? Can the, they? The, the argument is, uh, what if if you are going from ethnic to white, the answer is almost universally yes, right? Right. So there, there are are no shortages of 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 uh, black, Asian, Hispanic characters that are played by white people. Like that's that's just normally how it's been and 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 people freak out when it goes the other way when you take white roles and make them uh make them people of color or have them played by people of color uh but yeah no normally it's yeah, there's there's not a really big thing and and you know there's a million reasons to justify it well but- our, our friend from san francisco makes a really good point there's a context to black panther he's from this uh, albeit fictitious state in uh in africa yet you know represented as kind of a amalgamation of various nations in Africa and and the background of his character and his origin story very much tied to some of that culture as represented on the comic pages. It would be very hard to separate those things. But at some point, aren't we all aiming to become, this seems too optimistic, so I don't know if these are the right words, but ultimately we become colorblind in the sense that it doesn't matter. Like if a white guy plays a really good character because that happened to be black in the story, but the his blackness didn't actually affect the story. It was just a matter of kind of like Nick Fury. Who cares? Black well, or white? It doesn't yeah, matter. The only problem, uh, and, th- and thank you for calling in, Gabe. Yeah, uh, thanks, dude. Take it easy. The, the, the problem with that is that, yes, in, in a vacuum, sure, that, that can mean whatever that means. But when you've always, when it's universally gone one certain way, and you've had this vast number of roles that uh, that minority actors could be playing. Uh, you can't be then surprised when the Oscars come around and there's like, well, turns out that minorities didn't really have a whole lot of uh, great performances. Guess we can't reward them. <laughs> All right. You make a good point. I don't know, man. That's the problem. If colorblindness has to go both ways. And sadly, one of us, mostly the white folk, have screwed it up. <laughs> We've screwed it up so bad that now we're paying for it. Once again, we have a new caller on the line. Who's this? Hey, it's a new old caller. That was the first guy. Caller. Oh, first guy. I hey, think I, I think I fixed my sound issue. Sorry about that. Oh, you're totally fine. You've uh, you probably got a thing or two to say about the the whether we should be colorblind in films or how all this stuff works. I I mean, it's hard to be colorblind, and it might kind of be doing a disservice to you know the whole issues of, of race and culture, especially in our global world to pretend that we are colorblind mm. um well like okay I, I hold that thought because i want to let me expand on that a little bit and just say we yeah. we have established some fiction in the past and we're kind of keeping this within the geek bubble because we all know it very well but star trek did this really well it was able to say well here's an optimistic future 
realistic or otherwise, that has a very broad mix of people. And at the time in the in the early 60s, major Cold War going on. What do we do? We got a Russian guy, although <laughs> ironically played by a guy who's not Russian. But anyway, a Russian <laughs> guy on comms, right? You got a, Sc- a Scottish guy who's not really Scottish and a black lady. You can deal with that. <laughs> so, what, all right. Yeah. So you just, you are concerned that roles that shouldn't be played by white guys are being played by white guys and that bothers you. Well, like, like Exodus. And we're not saying us per se, right, Justin? We're just saying. Yeah, us. yeah. I mean, like, uh, the, 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 the point isn't that roles that shouldn't be played by, by white people. It's just that, you know, roles that could be played by by people of color that in general are underrepresented in mainstream hollywood filmmaking right like right. there's not a ton sure, yeah, yeah. that come out like you know i got the uh yeah. the apple tv that has a, a screensaver that just shows all of the uh movie trailer posters that come out of the movie trailers app right mm-hmm. and if you just watch that you can probably Count the number of movies for which have leading actors that are non-white, you know, on your hand. And <laughs> you would really only need one hand because you're not going to count Kevin Hart six times. Right. Yeah, there is a lot. Of the Kevin Hart thing kind of skews the numbers a little bit, but but I, I see what you're saying. I mean, but, but that's that's the thing is, is there's just not a lot of those roles. So when you do have stories, like let's take, for example, what Rooney Mara was talking about, the movie Peter Pan, Tiger Lily, theoretically is a a role that could be a big thing for a uh, a star making performance for a young native american actress mm-hmm. right there's got to be one of them out there there's probably one that's yeah. pretty good good enough to play a pivotal role in a movie that turned out to be pretty awful but <laughs> like let's say that she got that role now there is movement for somebody of color where there would not have been and that's where i think a lot of the frustration comes in with this issue it's a lot like this you've got you've got exodus right people i think were rightly upset that a story about a very specific ethnic pocket of the world and a very specific piece of history you've got moses played by a guy from wales who is also batman it doesn't make a lot of sense to hire him when we know there is a large well i don't know how large but a pool of actors of Middle Eastern descent, of Northern African descent, some other kind of descent than white guy whales that could have played that role. And it isn't just saying, oh, that movie's racist. I can't believe Ridley Scott's such a racist. I don't think anybody's saying that. It's just so easy to go, well, who's the biggest name we can get? Well, he happens to be a white guy. And Denzel Washington's probably not going to play the part, which is a weird kind of reverse racism because he's too black to play Moses. <laughs> I'm just trying to yeah, think like a producer, uh, you know. <laughs> well, this this now was you guys well, uh, reminded me of a big irony with the uh, the movie Gandhi, you know, played by I think it was Ben Kingston. Kingston, yeah, uh, you know, like the most popular Indian figure in the world that but, represents the most populous country in the world. They couldn't find one Indian guy to represent. And that Gandhi. stuff swept that thing. And that thing swept it. the Oscars when it came out too. Uh, Absolutely. But is it because Ben Kingston's an awesome actor or <laughs> Yeah. Kings, I mean, Kingsley is what you mean, yeah, by the way. Kingsley. Yeah, Kingsley, yeah, Kingsley. yeah. Sorry. Close enough. Uh, Kingston makes really good memory. Good. They make great RAM and they make good uh, memory sticks, but Kingsley's who we're looking for. Yeah. Um anyway like if they found if they found an Indian guy to play that role you know, I wonder if Theoretically, it, the story would have been told sure. as powerfully. Yeah. Go ahead, Justin. What were you going to say? Uh, uh, thank you so much for, for, for calling. Yeah, great uh, call, dude. Yeah, yeah. This is the quote from Ridley Scott okay. uh, about Exodus. I can't mount a film of this budget where I have to rely on tax rebates in Spain and say that my lead actor is Mohammed so-and-so from such-and-such. <laughs> Not going to get it financed, so the question doesn't even come up. Wow! On why he did not cast uh, Muhammad so and so from such and such. That's a literal quote from Ridley Scott. That's amazing, Scott Free Productions, everybody. All right, we have another caller on the line who wants to weigh in. Who's this? Hi, this is Marlon from Phoenix, Arizona. Ah, sweet dude, it's warm there. I'm I'm jealous of you. Oh, it's very warm. It's actually getting too warm. And yeah. it's 
spring. So yeah, wait, be quite you fun. guys are like in the nineties today or something. And by the time something like that, yeah, yeah. by the time summer rolls around, you're literally going to be like, I don't know what you are. You're just going to be a sunspot. I don't know oh, what you're going to be. It's, We're going to be inside. Yeah, We're gonna be inside with the AC blazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, all the time I've spent in Phoenix, and I'm used to hot summers, having grown up in South Florida. Nothing is more oppressive than yeah. Phoenix sun. Yeah, it's it is just brutality. That's right. Too bad you don't have Thanksgiving in the middle of July. Just put your turkey out on the sidewalk and <laughs> hope for the best. Uh, it's good to have you on. What's your uh, what's your question? What's your thoughts? So, um, for every last airbender, or even like recently, I think it just came out this past week, uh, Gods of Egypt with uh, Jamie Lannister yep. and um, King Leonidas, um, we forget that there are often roles that should have been played by a minority. For example, um, Bane from The Dark Knight Rises, I believe. That was the third one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. In the comics, he is of Hispanic descent. And yep. in the movie, we got, uh, you know, British actor Tom Hardy. And there was a little bit of a hubbub around that. But the fact that Tom Hardy knocked it out of the park with the voice, with the mannerism, it kind of like, okay, yes, we could have put a Hispanic actor in this part. Could that Hispanic actor take the same route that Tom Hardy did? Maybe, maybe not. But the fact that Tom Hardy came in and said, okay, here's how we're going to play this gentlemanly brute. And, you know, it just makes it so iconic that that movie without Tom Hardy would have definitely lacked something. Well, it does seem weird without him, but I, 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 I totally know where you're coming from. I think this is a, if it's a problem, it's happening before the performance. What's happening before the performance is this is where the decision-making is happening. Who are we going to get? Who are we going to go after? Who are we going to try to cast in this thing? And when that decision is made, then all bets are off. Tom Hardy is free to be Tom Hardy and do the best job he can and live that role and pump up his muscles and look like a freak and talk like this the entire time. Like he gets to do whatever he wants to do and then he'll nail it and become iconic in that role and good for him. And I don't think any of this is about him because the thing we're talking about happened before he suited up, put on the mask and they said, you know, we're doing Absolutely, because you want to know what? Uh, would there have been a Hispanic actor that could have crushed that Bane role? Uh, yeah. If uh, Javier Bardem was available, I think he would have been amazing as Bane. Sure, right now, sure. Yeah. Now, not like Javier Bardem is 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 in need of of Batman. Or, uh, you know, the the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, you know, for his career, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, I think the idea what we what we've hit on is something that I think very important. There are. Uh, Hello? <laughs> yeah, uh, hello. Hold on. <laughs> hold on a sec. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, there, are, there are issues in Hollywood where people are, when, when, when the decision-making pool is so tight, it is not a lot of people and there's not much diversity in it, then you should not be shocked when the output does not have much There diversity. you go. That's a really great way of putting that. And that's the thing that others have said. Uh, uh, what's her name who played... Um, Oh, freak. She's a big-time actress. She was married to that other guy. She's British. She plays the uh, Harry Potter teacher with the huge eyes because she has glasses that are way too magnified. I can't think of her name. She was the... the oh, shit. Anyway. Going great. She's really great. Uh, I can't think of her name, but she she had a really great reaction. Somebody said, what do you think about all this stuff with the Oscars being too white and all this? And she says, well, I don't know why anyone's surprised until all of these old white men who are in charge of everything die off and, and others fill their place that have a broader perspective. This will all probably continue. So we can either wait for them to die or kill them is what she said. And I can't think of her name, but it was a great quote. And now that I can't think of her name, it means nothing. So let's ask this caller what he's all about. Hi, who's this? Hello. Uh, my name is Andreas. Uh, the Dave in the chat. Um, so I'm not hundred percent sure whether you covered that or not, because I cannot hear you or call you. Uh, I only have my phone, but you have your white guy play Moses, right? You uh, you have your Christian Bale. Do yep. you think, guys, that's my question to you, do you think that if you change him up a little bit like digitally to make him look a little bit more like Moses, is that more racist? Oh, this is, is a like great racist? question. I love this. This uh, is, uh, Andreas, yes. thank you so much. This is an awesome question, dude. I think you very easily can make it more racist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the clips, and I very much recommend everybody watch the John Oliver clip that he. That, you know that, what? I'm going to play it right now. You want to hear it? Uh, yeah. I mean, the the no, don't play it because it's it's uh it really is in the visuals that um 
that that kind of make it. Well, the but, live people could see it. It's the question of whether the home people. No, it, it, it's not. It's not worth it for, right, right. for the for, for the audio. Um, it's you know really remarkable. Uh, you know, it was a, a Mickey Rooney, I think, that had one of the most um, uh, racist. Um, it wasn't uh, the Chinese one, was? Or no, that was Jerry Lewis. Uh, uh, let me, let me, uh, Mickey Rooney, racist, I knees, uh, is what I'm going to Google, literally. Uh, oh, you... Breakfast at Tiffany's, of course. Oh, all right. I don't, I don't think I remember the scene. Uh, racist. Yeah, just, oh yeah. No, go ahead and just, just do me a favor and, uh, type in Mickey Rooney, uh, ra- uh breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. I'm going to look that up Hello. while we talk to this person. Hi, who's this? Hey, this is Andreas again. Oh, hi, um, you're back. I'm sorry. You're fine. Um, so the, just to, to phrase my question a little bit better, you know, if, if you change someone to be of a different ethnic race, uh, is that considered more racist? Because why wouldn't you find the, this specific ethnic race in the first time? Or is it less racist because you, you at least made an effort to make your actor look a little bit more like the role? I think it's like, I don't think it's any different than saying the tech. So using our technology of today, digital enhancement to make somebody look more like a native American or more like a black man or more like like an Asian person is no different than using the technology of the day in the forties to have a white guy play Tonto. And although that didn't actually happen, but, but I don't think it's any different than that. So when you paint a guy red and put him in a, in a Ford movie and say, here's your, here's your Western with this Indian guy. Who's really a white Italian dude from New York. If that was racist, then us doing it digitally is probably at least the same level of racism or at least the same level of discarding the potential of an actual actor of color to play the role of someone who needs to be of some ethnic diversity does that make sense do you yeah. do you agree with that or do you I think, think it does i kind of i mean i agree with you um but uh, whenever whenever this happens and um just to, to give a little bit of background because you don't know me i'm white as well i'm a european um um you know i'm always thinking are we paying a little bit too much attention to that and i do understand please don't get me wrong that i am from the from the ethnic race that has suppressed other people for the most it has done probably the most terrible things to other races. Um, but, you know, it's always a little bit of, is it actually some, is there actually something behind it in the movies or is it just nothing? The issue isn't necessarily even malice. It, it's, it's just a, a lack of voices in the room, you know? And this was mm-hmm. something that, that I faced uh, a, a lot when, when I used to be in newspapers because newspapers have the exact same problem. When you look around newsrooms, by and large, it's a bunch of college-educated white people. And, and yeah. you know, the biggest argument was just get more people in the room that aren't the same kind of person. And, you know, yeah. the response from other people in newspapers were, well, if they would apply, then we would give them a fair shake. And if they made... it's like, But then you, you realize that, well, the, the pathways, you know, from, from A to B aren't as clear when hmm. not a whole lot of people that look like you on the other side of it. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. something that's, that's really, really rough. Uh, real quick. Let's yeah. go to this, uh, this, uh, I, Y, Uniashi. I, Y, Uniashi. I don't know what that is. is. Uh, uh, the fictional character in Truman Capote's 1958 novella, breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. And it was that role that Mickey Rooney played in the 1961 <laughs> film of yeah. the same name it was what the new york times said in their review of the film was a buck tooth uh myopic japanese and broadly exotic uh in <laughs> 1990 the boston globe described rooney's portrayal as an irascible buck tooth nerd and an offensive ethnic caricature <laughs> wow i'm gonna play i'm gonna play 24 seconds of that role uh listen to this folks there you go Oh, it's super quiet. Oh my gosh. That's terrible. <laughs> it's not loud enough to really give it justice here, but that's terrible. I mean, I'm I like a funny Asian accent once. Whoops, wrong thing. I mean I like a funny Asian accent occasionally. <laughs> if it's done like I, I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. 
By the way, a free outdoor screening in Sacramento, California of Breakfast at Tiffany's in August 23rd, 2008 was replaced with the animated film Ratatouille after <laughs> protests about the Uniashi character were held. Oh, good. Well, then some French stereotypes will fix all of that. That's not a problem. I like it. Uh, hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, it's Michael from Louisville. Well, hello, Michael from Louisville. How are you, man? I'm doing good. So I've got a really good one for you guys um, that you may be a little bit more familiar with as far as whitewashing goes. Uh, Ghost in the Shell is slated to come out in the spring of next year with Scarlett Johansson playing the lead character, Kusanagi. Oh. And, um, I did and not other... hear. That's bad. I don't like that at all already. Keep going, though. Yeah. Keep, keep wait, explaining. Wait, wait. So wait, in the, in the, I, and I haven't seen the, the original, but what part of Iowa is that character from? Iowa. Um, I'm just kidding. Iowa. <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> the reason was oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So, I mean, if, yeah, if you haven't seen the original, um, you know, Ghost in the Shell is essentially uh, a Japanese version of, say, Blade Runner. It's probably about the best parallel you could you could match it to. It's really good. Um, it's like, um, it's anime I can, I don't, I'm not a giant anime guy, but I really like Ghost in the Shell a lot. I like that. I like, uh, Ninja Scrolls, and there's a few others I like, but that one is really, really cool and is iconic and is, I would say, right up there with like people. I would rate it up there with like Akira, you know, in terms of its impact. And, and, and they've been bouncing around Akira in development hell to try to bring it to U.S. audiences. And they've, especially with uh, Ghost in the Shell, some of the rumors have been that they're not even setting it in Japan, they're trying to set it in some futuristic giant city america somewhere which is really upsetting a lot of people well it's a huge mistake because there's there's texture to those stories that that are better because they're set where they're set so i think they're making a mistake just from a creative standpoint but once again it's not justin this doesn't strike me as ah the production company actually i think it's leo dicaprio's company that owns the akira rights um but it's it's so easy to say ah the production company's a bunch of racists they're they're just trying for bottom line, and bottom line means make this the most agreeable to be, uh, white people with money or whatever. That's usually the the assumption, but I don't think it's so much that as it is just they're just not thinking about it or the systemic things in place to make it easier I mean, to do it aren't there or something. I don't know. There's a booming right. film business in Japan and Asia and everything. Why aren't we pulling from those folks more often? No, I mean, but that's but that's the other thing is you so a. Part of the reason to not whitewash stuff is the fact that more and more, especially in blockbuster filmmaking, is made overseas, mm, right? Mm-hmm. So theoretically, you would want more heroic people that look like the countries that this will also be very popular in, up to and including India, Japan, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, number two, the, the, the argument for, let's just cast, the, the argument for whitewashing is normally we need to just cast the biggest star we can because the biggest star we can, A, gives our movie the greatest chance for success. Sure. It gives our financing the best chance to be as robust as it can be. Uh, and those are all effectively, uh, again, products of a system. The fact that who does the financing? Mm-hmm. A bunch of white people. Mm-hmm. Like, who does, uh, who, who makes the call on advertising? Who runs the studios? usually a bunch of white people like and and so the point isn't that like they are like protecting their race or anything it's just that yeah no it makes sense these guys are big stars let's do it there's there's not really just a whole lot of thought outside of it and and everybody can point to somebody else and say it's their problem yeah and the other problem is there's precedent so you could easily say well of course christian bale make a good moses because well take a look at uh what's his name ben hur and uh, freaking moses back in the day i can think of his name all of a sudden uh, so damn it, let, Bill Clinton, you'll take my guns from my dead hands. What's his name? Oh, Charlton. Charlton Heston. Heston. <laughs> you can't like I've heard some say that I heard somebody tell me that they actually said these words to me. They said, look, what's wrong with Christian Bale? It was OK for Charlton Heston. Why isn't it OK for Christian Bale? And my point was or my point today is that's the point. It could it should have been somebody else in 1950, whatever. But we, yeah. weren't, we weren't thinking anywhere remotely like that then. And I feel like we're just now starting to think that way now. Well, now there's just more movies, right? There's more opportunities for movies. And theoretically, there should be more opportunities for minority actors, right? Yep. And and that's that's the hope, you yeah. know. Uh, uh, in fact, there was a great quote by the, uh, the co-writer 
for Master of None, the uh, Aziz Ansari series mm. on Netflix. I've that seen was three that. episodes and enjoyed what I saw. Yeah, no, we're just starting to watch it too. I think we're actually three episodes in as well. Yeah, we're very much enjoying it. Yeah, but uh, the the co writer had the the quote of like, "Hey, shout out to uh, the straight white guys for really uh, locking it down for so long because now we can do literally anything and it's considered refreshing." <laughs> this kind of makes a good point. Uh, listener on the line, what's your name? Hi, this is Tyler calling from Phoenix. Oh, another um, another Phoenix caller. I like oh, it. we're yeah. hot. Yeah, yeah. Rep- we're hot here. <laughs> represent, buddy. Uh, what's going on? What's on your mind? Yeah, so I just wanted to follow up a little bit. Scott, you said something funny earlier about um, you know Tonto being played by a white guy. You know, back in the early days of film. I just want to bring up also that this happened not more than just three years ago when uh, Johnny Depp played Tonto and that awful Lone Ranger movie. Yeah. As well. <laughs> see now, okay, this is a great modern example of this. It's like it's justified to some in there. It's a bad movie, by the way. Woo, what a stinker hot pooper <laughs> that thing is. Um, but they thought what they had there was, oh, Johnny Depp, master of whatever. We need him to come in and, and mesh his craziness with this role. And to his, I guess, one sixteenth credit or whatever, he did. He does have some Cherokee blood in him. That was the justification. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but is it, but are we, I, I guess, that, so then we start getting into this granularity, like what is ethnically or racially diverse casting? Is it somebody with one sixteenth Cherokee blood or is it somebody who just got off the reservation? Is it somebody who's just a little bit black because uh, a whole bunch of white dudes a long time ago had a slave mistress and there, so therefore is a little tiny bit of black in him? I don't know what, I, I think, I think that's, that's a, that's a red herring argument, you know, like there's that here's what here's what the 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 line should be effort right <laughs> yeah it should be like the, the 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 line should just be does it look like they tried <laughs> because it's usually pretty obvious yeah yeah i mean uh, like if they would have ca- okay let's look at a biopic if they would have cast ray charles with brad pitt and cast um this is actually my favorite idea, and I want people to call in with their with their favorites. I think like, like missed whitewashing opportunities, or just fla- just swap them. Say Joaquin Phoenix as as Ray, and uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name now. Jamie Fox. Uh, Jamie Fox as as Johnny Cash. Just swap those two. What would that have done? Well, it would have pissed everybody off. Why? Yeah. So it seems like that that. That seems like a normal reaction to say, no, he should be white and he should be black because that's who those real people were. It's when we get to our fictional things that we start having trouble. We start banging our head against it. Well, I mean, because the widow of Tiger Lily isn't going to go give an interview to the Hollywood reporter, right? (laughs) Yeah. The widower, I guess, of Tiger Lily. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, no, because there's nobody to bitch about it, right? Maybe the original author... You know, but usually they're invested in the feature film version of their property if they're still alive. Mm-hmm. So it's like fans, and and that's why we have this show so fans can bitch. Yeah, and they like to, and it's okay. And, but by the way, we want to make, uh, that's a great transition or something I want to make uh, make clear here. If you guys want to be, uh, if you want to be contrary to anything we say on here, do not worry about that. Like, call in and tell us. Call us on the mat on stuff you think is stupid. Like, we're establishing a lot of rules very early in the show, and there are no real rules is the main point I want to make. Like, you can say whatever you want, respond in any way you want to. If you think Justin's completely full of crap or I am just up in a in a tree somewhere babbling, please do not hold back. We're happy to take whatever you have to say, including this guy or lady. I don't know which. We haven't had any ladies yet. Who's this? Hey, it's Greg from uh, Phoenix. Greg, you are not a lady for sure. No, uh, but I had to keep the Phoenix thing going. All right, good. Th- yeah, three oh from Phoenix. Wait, so you are literally our third caller from Phoenix yep, today? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that, do you think? Is there something going on down there? I know there's a big, like, there's a lot of frog panthers down there. Maybe there's something going on. Yeah, I don't I'll know. Because we, we, we did this show to be East Coast friendly, and we are just murdering it on Pacific time. <laughs> it, it's, because, it's because of the heat. Everybody in Phoenix is inside and everybody in the rest of the country is outside. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. If it's 90 or whatever it is today, you guys are probably all inside getting blown on by cold air or whatever. Uh, Anyway, what's your hot, what's your hot take on this whole uh, thing? 
Uh, my hot take actually is something that nobody had brought up so far, and I know there was a bit of a kerfuffle online about this, but there's that new Michael Jackson documentary coming out with, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Joseph Fiennes or Fiennes oh, playing Fiennes, Michael yeah. Jackson. Yeah, I heard about this. What, 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 do you know much of the details on that? Because I didn't follow it very closely. It just seemed like another bad idea to me. Uh, yeah, let me, uh, I, 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 I caught a little bit of the controversy, but let me just go ahead and look it up really, 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 really quick here. Uh, I, I did not know that it was, uh, I, I, I got the sense when I was reading it that this was more of an avant-garde kind of, uh, kind of movie here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't think I, I, it, it, it sounded to me when I first read about it, that it was more of a, a, a kind of like tongue in cheek sort of movie than, than anything else that it wasn't a, it wasn't meant to be like, like a serious or, or anything like that. Well, okay. So, so is that an exception then I guess, or we're not, we're not, by the way, we're not saying they're, you know, I think there should be no rules. I think human beings should figure out how to be better to each other really is the bottom line for me. But is it make it is it is it is it okayer because it's maybe parody or not serious? So here we go. With all the controversy, da, 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 Joseph Fines will play the late superstar in a comedy to appear on the British channel Sky Arts, the half hour show called Elizabeth, Michael, and Marlon centers around a fabled road trip. <coughs> Bless you. Jackson, Elizabeth Taylor, and Marlon Brando tried to get a home and lost uh, get home to Los Angeles from New York after the September 11th terrorist attacks. Really? <laughs> what a weird idea! One of Jackson's former employees insisted to Vanity Fair in 2011 that the trip did happen and that the trio actually got as far as Ohio, all three of them in a car, and they drove by themselves. Okay, I'm very interested in this now. I don't know if it's true. So, but I mir- but why? But what does he need to be a white guy for, though? Why can't it be a black actor? There's plenty of guys who do good Michael Jackson impressions, or you know, could live that role. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the the this I have a slightly less of of an issue with. I mean, it's it's. Is it because he was basically white by the end? Well, no. Well, I mean, although that was actually what Joseph finds his actual reaction to this was, which I thought I think was ill advised. Uh, yeah, it's hard not to acknowledge it, though. But it's it's, it's short form comedy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's uh, I mean, short form in in that it's a half hour, not an not a feature length movie. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, so I, I do think like the rules are different for sketch comedy than a twelve hour miniseries. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of how much effort that you're putting into it, it's supposed to be comedic, so it's supposed to be ridiculous. It, it doesn't. That one doesn't bother me quite that much if you're telling me that things are complicated and more nuanced than seem on the surface then man do i agree uh another person on the line who's this hey this is uh matt from orangeville ontario ontario all right now we're talking actually what what's what time zone what time zone is that in ontario uh we are eastern here okay see justin look eastern time zone ontario yeah way to go represent uh what's going on man what's up uh, I was just thinking, you guys were talking about Michael Jackson, and I was thinking the best actor to play the whiter half of Michael Jackson would be Johnny Depp done up as Willy Wonka or very close to <laughs> And I was wondering what your opinions on that would be. All <laughs> right. Pretty close. All right. So well, we'll- considering the fact that he based that role on Michael Jackson, uh, yeah. Why not? Right? I mean, like I think like that's that's almost that's almost too on the nose. Did he do that? I didn't know that that was official. I just assumed it was something He's like that of Willy Wonka on Michael Jackson. I had no idea. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Nailed it. Nailed hey, it. I want I want to introduce another topic. Please, please do about whitewashing thing, or 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 we can move on to this. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you got? Announcement today: Zack Snyder will direct the two-part Justice League movie. No matter what happens with Batman versus Superman. No. I all right. Let me say this: I don't have a problem with Zack Snyder. I like Three Hundred a lot. I really liked Watchmen. I like uh, the two thousand four remake of Dawn of the Dead. I think that guy's got chops. He's a very interesting director. Huh? He's great. I think Man of Steel was a little poopy. I think that we don't know near enough about whether that gets redeemed in this new one or not. Maybe we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, but 
I feels to me like DC has an extraordinary amount of faith in the man that may or may not be earned in, in the in the fierce battlefield that is we need to we need to meet Disney in the in the middle here somewhere and we need to be performing something close to what they're doing in films for their cinematic side because they're they haven't been able to do that and throwing all their weight behind Zack Snyder for what because 300 was kind of cool and Watchmen worked out but wasn't a giant you know huge mega hit I don't know where they're base. I guess I just don't know where they're why they're putting all their eggs in his basket well this was something that was announced before he has always been attached to Justice League yeah uh, and there has been a little roiling of the seas over the past few days okay. uh, about whether or not Warner Brothers is happy with uh with with Batman versus Superman. Okay, but this seems to be, and uh, Drew McWeeny of HitFix makes the argument that this is really more of a reaction to the reaction of rumors that Batman versus Superman isn't as good by them that they are reacting to that buzz by saying, no, it's great. In fact, Zack Snyder's uh, no matter what he's going to do justice league and any rumors you hear about him not doing justice league are absolute BS. So uh, that's why we're out here making an official announcement that shooting on justice league will begin like a month and a half after Batman versus Superman opens. All right. Well, there's more to say on that, but we got a caller on the line. Who's this and what's on your mind? Hello, this is Tana from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. That's Eastern time zone. You qualify. Perfect. Good job, Good. man. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know about Zack Snyder during Superman. It's, it's kind of... I don't know. I'm kind of pensive about him. Well, tell me, tell me where that so comes directed. from. Where, where are you feeling that way about him? Because I, because well, I'm not. I share it with. If anyone says to me, "Hey, Scott, I can't," you know, I kind of think Man of Steel was poop. I kind of agree with them. I don't think it was great, and I don't know why they've got so much faith in him. So that's where I am. But I think he's capable. He needs good writers. He needs all the other stuff a good director needs to make something happen. But what do you think the downfall is? What's the mistake with him? Well, I, I was, I was a big fan of Man of Steel walking out of the theater, but as I've looked and, and watched it, like it's, it's kind of like my, my points with Superman is kind of because I've always really liked the, like Superman being like the greatest American hero, even though he is an alien. And it's kind of like in these Zack Snyder films, they, he's more of like this, like kind of crazy God lording over them and, like I can do whatever I want, and I'm I'm here to just like nobody can stop me if if I want to do what I want, nobody's gonna stop me. Not even Batman, really. So well, if okay, kind of- so oops, I didn't mean to cut you off so quick. Sorry about that. Thanks for the call. So Justin, if if that's the general consensus of most, well, we shouldn't say most. That movie made a lot of money. I mean, maybe maybe I just answered my own question. Maybe it doesn't matter what the hell we think. Maybe maybe they're going to be fine because they've got this enormous base that is mainstream uh, America and world who want to see Superman and Batman duke it out. And it doesn't matter if it matches up with what we think it should be as a bunch of nerds. Like maybe it doesn't matter what I think or he thinks or you think. I mean, are, are, do, do we mean whether or not Batman versus Superman will do well? Yeah, that's what I mean. Or that, that all this Zack Snyder love is based on something more universally accepted and not as... Uh, critically accepted like he's not going to make he's not going to make a bunch of nerds happy but he might make mainstream world viewing audience happy on the whole to the tune of many millions of dollars and maybe that's all that matters well let's go ahead and take a look at Zack Snyder's filmography let's do it because there's one of the dead yeah good one love it hundred yeah watchman got it Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. I don't know what the hell that is. That was a CGI movie. Was it? It's not ringing a bell to me at all. CGI movie, Legend of something. Um, yeah, it was about a bunch of warrior owls. That sounds awful. Speaking uh, of warrior owl, we do have a local caller on the line that will pop right in here real quick. Eric, you're on the line. Hi. <laughs> hey, 
Hello, how's it going? Hey, guys? man, it's nice to talk to you. It's Salt Laker, you're in the uh, the mountain time zone, but we'll take it. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to say about Zack Snyder in general, uh, but as far as the movies, the Batman movies coming up, I, I, I'm probably alone in this, but I'm just I'm so over the big uh, the big name superhero movies <laughs> like Batman. I'm kind of bored. Superman, I'm over it. I want DC to do what Marvel seems. Yes, yes, buddy. Sorry, that's my son. <laughs> you want some more? Okay, hang on. <laughs> Fatherhood never ends, man. It never ends. I totally understand. Never ends. He's a so cutie. I want. I, you know, Marvel went and got Guardians, which was lesser known, and they did Deadpool, which fewer people knew. Does it seem like? Do you think that if DC went and did a, little, a bit of that with some of their characters, it would be more exciting than Ooh, Zack Snyder's still working on the next one? You know, so this would that is be more Eric, effective. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you said that because this is my new conspiracy theory about this. Is there? They look the you know Warner Brothers looks at Deadpool. And they're like, great, we're saved. Just let Zack Snyder do whatever he wants with uh, Superman, Batman, Aquaman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, all of them. They're worthless now. <laughs> all the money is in Lobo. Let's put all of our efforts into Lobo now. R-rated, R-4 Lobo. Yeah, I'm ready for it. What's wrong with Lobo? Lobo would be great. I think we should do some Lobo. Thanks, Eric, for your call. And I will say this. Uh, I agree. And maybe Suicide Squad is the answer. Maybe that's their weird offshoot. Look, the villains are in charge. How weird. It's almost like Ant-Man and Guardians kind of in a weird offshoot kind of weird way. And and people are familiar with Batman. But oh, did you know about the guy who shoots the fire from his hands and the big giant monkey man or whatever they have in there? All right. Let me let me let me throw this one at you. All right. Clean to Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Of all of Zack Snyder's movies, yeah. tell me how many you think are over 75%, as in needs to be 76% or up. Okay, I'm not looking at it. I'm going to just make a guess here based on my own experience with his films and what I think. So I'm going to say how many of his movies are 75% or up? No, um, 76, above 75. Above 75 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm going to say two of them. I'm going to say that Dawn of the Dead did all right in the reviews, yeah. and I'm going to say that Watchmen was probably up there. You or 300, maybe. Wrong! Damn it. You're off by two. He has zero movies oh. at 76% or above. His highest is Dawn of the Dead at 75%. His next two highest are Watchmen at 65% and 300 at 60%, his other films, uh, Man of Steel, 56%, Sucker Punch, 23%, Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul at 50%. Uh, he's a far less, uh, uh, a more critically savage director than I, I guess I have in my head. Well, then my question stands. Why are they putting so much trust in this? Or why do they? Why are they banking on him so hard? It's so weird to me. It doesn't seem like everybody else that everybody does projects with, it seems like there's something there. Like Star Wars said, well, we know J.J. Abrams is going to do exactly what he did. And we know that that uh, the brick dude, the next guy up, is going to do this. Right, Johnson. Yeah, yes. and he brings this certain uh, kind of thing to the middle act that we know we want. And we also know how capable he is and whatever. Like they... Yeah. They have these reasons to do it. They they make those bets, and they don't feel crazy. This one just feels like, well, what? Okay, does someone owe somebody something? Is somebody someone's uncle? Like, what's going on over there? I don't <laughs> get it. That's a great way to say it. Is someone someone's <laughs> uncle? Because <laughs> I like him. I like his. I'm not. I am not a hater. I like Zack Snyder. In fact, I'm now in the mood to watch Dawn of the Dead again. I just, I just don't understand the full brunt of all DC Warner Brothers hopes and dreams on his shoulders. I don't get it. I love 300. 300's great. Xerxes, dude. He was also Apollo on Lost. Don't forget. Never forget. Uh, on the line is a caller by the name of who? Who's here? Hi, this is Kate from New York. Oh, my gosh. Not only are you from New York, the easternest of... East and a girl. Oh, my gosh. And a freaking girl. Yep. This, this is a... Both those off on the bingo card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great day for everybody. So All right, what's up? Rewinding back to your original question, it's not yeah. Zack Snyder that concerns me about 
uh, the upcoming movies, it's when you said two part. Why does everything have to be broken up now into two parts? Have we not learned from the Hobbit movies what a bad idea it is to break up a story into part one and part two? So you think Why if they you think if they naturally have parts separate films? If you think they, so, if so, you're if I'm tell me if I'm saying this wrong, but you're saying if they've got naturally uh, segmented parts, like Lord of the Rings had three books. Right, so a movie per book kind of makes sense. Hobbit, one book, three movies, bad idea. That's kind of your. That's where you're at. Okay, what do you think, Justin? Two parters. Uh, where are you at with that? I totally agree. Mm. I think that when when this thing started to happen, everybody pointed their fingers and screamed, "This is a callous cash grab." And everybody who wanted to defend it uh, within the studio said, no, it just means there's more time for stories. There's more time for uh, the acting that you want. We can fit in all those little nerds. But isn't that better fit on TV rather than in movies? Okay, listen. So this is what they, that's what they said, right? And then we had to watch the stupid Hobbit movies. And we're like, no. It was just a callous cash grab. Stop lying to me, Hollywood. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they fibbed to us. Like, I would have taken a Hobbit many-part HBO miniseries. I would have watched that. No, I, I don't know if I would. No, just, it's, it's the Hobbit, man. Like, give it to an hour and a half. Yeah, you're right. They, we, uh, the ba- the ba- Bakshi uh, freaking stop-motion animation one. We should have just kept with that. Thanks for the call. So, so wait, here's, here's the thing, though, about the, the multi-part uh, stuff. Uh, I think we're at the end of that trend. You've you've seen the back half of those movies uh, do worse mm-hmm. than the first half. Mm-hmm. And although ultimately you are getting two box office openings, right? You are also spending twice as much on your uh, advertisement and promo and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know whether or not it makes as much financial sense as uh as as other stuff now here uh, ready for everybody dc fans to howl up and call me a marvel fanboy i don't have as much of a problem with it with the civil war the infinity gauntlet uh or the the avengers infinity gauntlet thing that they're going to split up because that theoretically will be something that has been built to over at the point that it comes out a decade with like what, forty movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, all right, if you're going to split anything up, if you're going to immediately sequel any movie, like that seems like one that at least you'll have enough story for, right? Yeah, but also you could argue they've earned it more. Like they've earned the split. You can't necessarily yeah. just jump out with one. They haven't really done that yet, and and they will have certainly by then earned it unless they do something terrible. So, so for me, it's easier to accept. And I'm finding, I mean, there's a lot to say about customer loyalty. When somebody does something right, you tend to be, remain loyal. And we are in that space with Marvel Disney. If anything, they took a step back with that with uh, Ultron, but I got over it. You know, it's, they've still done enough great work where I thought, well, I, I, this is fine. It wasn't terrible. It just wasn't. It just wasn't know. great. Yeah. And not that it had to be great, but maybe this listener disagrees. Who's on, who's on the line? Who's with us here? Who, who we got? Hi, this is Michelle from Sacramento, oh California. Gosh, I love it. All these suddenly we're getting the ladies at the end of the show today. This is fantastic. You might be our last caller. Oh, were you were you slayed uh, Mickey Rooney's racist performance? <laughs> 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 well, what's on your mind? It's good to have you on. Yeah, so I was um, I kind of listened to the call before, and she was saying it's not necessarily about Zack Snyder, and I agree. It's I think personally about not having diverse storytelling from the movies, like. Zach, he has a specific way of telling his story and a specific vision about how he wants to see it. Mm-hmm. He's like, a, he's very example, visual too, isn't he? Like he's like um, in, in a lot of ways, he's not that different than um, Michael Bay in that he's such a visual storyteller that that sometimes makes him perhaps forget that he has to tell an actual story. Also, yeah, I mean, well, no, the the, the problem with with. Snyder's storytelling is not like he's not good at it or competent at it. It's just, it's so dour, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that that was masked when he first broke through with like 300, for example. Because it because, needed to be dour. 
Well, know? I mean, it's a brutal story, and mm-hmm. and, and it's it's uh, one that he brought enough life to, uh, to kind of make it very exciting. And it was more about the visuals with a very spare story, but you didn't want any more complicated of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, everything else that he's done has just always just been so mopey. Yeah, just kind of moping around. Do you agree, Sacramento, with that? Yes, I definitely agree. And I don't, it's not like, I mean, look, he may have been tailor-made for the Frank Miller style of storytelling with 300. That may be his place, and maybe he should have stayed there. Maybe he should focus more, like Watchmen. I thought it was a perfect tone for him. Watchmen needed to be a little weird, apprehensive, um, nerve-wracking, it's dark. Like, all that stuff fits that and I think he did a really great job. People, I, I don't know where people are on Watchmen all these years later, but I freaking loved his adaptation of it. Uh, you know, I, and Watchmen is is my like uh, my 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 alpha and omega. I love the Watchmen. Right, yeah. I read it probably once a year. Yeah. Uh, the problem I've I've had so many conversations with Andrew Mann about this, and I think we agree. If you really want to do a Watchmen movie, mm-hmm. you have to understand that the story of the Watchmen is about Adrian Vate and not about the Night Owl. And ultimately, he wanted to tell this story about the Night Owl mm. and and focus on that and not the fact that, like, you know, Adrian Vate doesn't need to be a, the main character, but he's got to be the kind of, you know, you, you person that you realize that this story is orbiting around from the very beginning. Yeah, but as yeah. A, but as far as big blue penises go, has a movie ever quite nailed it like that? I mean, nobody has shown a big glowing blue dong, <laughs> the likes of which Zack Snyder put on screens across the country. It's really a impressive business. Like you could almost reach <laughs> out and stimulate it. Really, uh, impressive I, business. It's really impressive. That's the name of this episode. Yeah, really, really impressive. Really business. impressive business that that blue penis. All right, we're gonna we're gonna sew things up. Thank you everybody for all your uh, fantastic contributions. Um, it's fun for us to also make quick recommendations at the end of these shows, and I have one to make. Um, and before we do our plugs and stuff, and that is, I want to recommend the Experimentor, uh, or Experimenter, however you want to say it. It is this Peter Skarsgård movie based on those tests back in the fifties where they had a guy sit in one room. Another guy sit in the other room and mentioned some stuff. And if the guy in the other room got it wrong, you're supposed to electrocute him, right? Everyone knows this study. And there's like all these higher electrocutions on the box. And it would, they were testing to see how far somebody would go, simply following orders of this guy behind him saying, please continue with the test. And whether or not they would stand up for themselves and say, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to hurt this other person or not. It was all driven by trying to understand the Nazi machine and what would drive men to gas chamber millions and all this sort of thing. It is really, really good. And really interesting way of telling that story. And you'll never think of Jim Gaffigan the same. Uh, it's fantastic. So I just wanted to make that recommendation. Everybody go and watch it. It's on Netflix right now. It was in theaters not long ago. And it's called The Experimenter. And it's fantastic. Yeah, this was, uh, of course, the Milgram Experiments. That's so. Thank you for having the name handy. I don't remember names, as you know. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, wow. Great cast. Yeah, incredible cast. Really, really great performances. Uh I don't even know. I don't even know how to. It's my kind of thing. I don't know if, if you've ever seen Quiz Show. Then you've seen one of my favorite kinds of movies. They're period pieces set during the quote unquote the innocent times when you know everybody came home to a a new stove and a wife who had dinner ready and you know Ward Cleaver came home and hugged the boys and said oh, it's time for dinner and grabbed his pipe and read a paper. Like there's that myth of that period, and I love movies that take that myth myth and flip it. And this movie does that. Uh, Quiz Show does that brilliantly. Uh, so they kind of had me at hello, but I, I really, really like this movie. So they should check it out. Uh, let's also quickly talk about the National Card Caucus and what's happening with that. Yeah. You guys go to thecontender.us right now. You will see a big pop-up directing you to our National Card Caucus. This is happening, folks. If you would like to host a public game of The Contender... You will sign up here. We will help you promote it on all of our our channels. The goal is to get people uh, who you know or maybe don't know to get together, have a good time, play the game, interact about politics in a way that you might have never before. You don't have to know about politics. You don't have to talk about politics. You can do whatever the hell you want. But 
We think it's a really fun way for everybody to connect with each other. So head on over to thecontender.us. The National Card Caucus is on. It's on now. Also, the MyExtraLife.com Definitive Edition is available in the store in softcover edition. Hardcovers are still shipping to those who supported it at that level. We're near the end, though, folks. So you should be seeing those soon. But if you would like to have a look at my now 14-plus-year-old comic in book form, all the best stuff, bunch of little notes no one expects, uh, cool guest stuff, creator of The Punisher did the forward, really cool stuff. Go over there and uh, check it out at frogpants.com slash store. Uh, no movies to spoil this week, but we might sometime soon. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Hotline Monday on Twitter, Justin R. Young on Twitter, Scott Johnson on Twitter. Email us your thoughts at hotlinemonday at gmail.com. Voicemail is 801-471-0462. And as always, keep that other number handy that we use during the show for the live calls. You guys were great today. Thank you for that. Amazing. Can you believe how many people called? That was incredible. Oh, man. No. I mean, And, and, and Phoenix, too. Yes. Oh. Represent. I tell you what, Phoenix has the belt right now in terms of uh, you know the city that's represented the most. So you guys need to represent your own uh, your own cities the ne- next week, so yeah. we can uh, keep this competitive. That's right. Uh, more big stuff coming, so please pay attention. And again, we're on iTunes now. We are all over the place. The website is the only place you need to go if you need to get all these links I've talked about. Go to frogpants.com/hotline-monday. It's going to do it for us. We'll see you guys next week. show is part of the frog pants network get more at frogpants.com diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this broker <laughs>